If you're passionate about your ride, you're in the right place. Todd Bianco is talking cars, trucks, crossovers, electric and hybrid vehicles, and amazing auction and used car finds. This is all revved up from iHub Radio. Here's Todd. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I always like to start with news. And, you know, the, the one of the biggest things that's going on right now in the news in the car industry is this, you know, shortage of semiconductor chips. Uh, and let's just talk about what happened and why this is a problem. First of all, there are these little chips that are used in numerous different systems within your car, anywhere from your uh, self-driving computer to your um, radio to your air conditioning. All these things all have little chips in them in one way or another. And most cars can't be made really without them. Uh, for for example, the uh, there was a... Peugeot that was supposed to have a digital dash uh, and it can no longer do that. So they're putting in analog equipment instead because that's what they've got. So, you know, this is important. So let's let's talk about what really went on here. Uh, it was really a convergence of various things that happened, but it's really the pandemic. So when the pandemic hit, uh, you know, the, the, the demand for uh, cars, new cars and, and trucks kind of fell off a cliff. And in today's world, supply chains are very fragile. Uh, you know, you can't just say, okay, supplier, stop sending me this stuff right now. And then in, you know, say three months, say, okay, I want double my supply. It doesn't work that way. You know, everybody wants, nobody, okay, first of all, no, no supplier has a huge inventory and neither does any as any uh, a car maker, you know, that's it's because it's too costly to keep six months of supply of various parts that you were buying. So everything is, you know, just in time, just in time, just in time. So when this hit, the um, car makers said, well, gosh, we've got to cancel our orders because these semiconductors can be, you know, they can be anywhere from a nickel to $150 each, depends on which you know, system of the car they're in. Uh, so they really cut their orders. At the same time, when they cut their orders, the consumer electronics industry started to gobble up more because people were staying home. Anything from, you know, a laptop computer to a cell phone to a PlayStation or Xbox, any one of these things, the demand for those skyrocketed. So what the semiconductor um, chip makers did is they shifted their production to service the consumer electronics uh, market, which is still very strong. Now, come a few months after, you know, the, the, everything shut down and things start to open up a little bit. And in December, people started to realize that, you know, people in the, in the supply line started to realize that there's a problem here and that, um, you know, you can't just restart what the industry wants. There's only a handful of, of companies that make these things. And the uh, the plants to make them take years to build and cost billions and billions of dollars. So it's not like they can just build another factory tomorrow uh, and have chips coming, you know, coming to their uh, customers within, let's say, six months. It takes at least six to nine months for the semiconductor industry to be able to scale up to meet the unexpected demand now in automotive uh, suppliers. Uh, so the bottleneck really happened in 2020. I mean, it's, it started in 2020, but now where it's going to continue well into 2021. 
Uh, additionally, uh, it, which didn't help, the Trump administration uh, had their little trade war with uh, China, and this resulted in fewer semiconductors coming into the marketplace. Ultimately, the supply is just slow. And then lastly, older microchips that the uh, auto industry relies on, commonly referred to as 8-inch ra- wafers because they're, they're made on these you know 8-inch silicon wafers, can't be produced quickly enough by auto chip manufacturers such as NXP, Semiconductors, uh, Infineon, and various other ones. Uh, through the second half of, of last year, new vehicle inventories are much lower than the industry prefers. And, you know, although inventories have made a recovery, they still are lower than they were at the time this time last year. Let's go over. This is just from last week. Who is having a little chip problem? And this was from, I don't know, what, the Washington Post or something. But uh, it's, it's, it cuts across all the various manufacturers. For example, uh, the Audi Q7 and Q8 the Porsche Cayenne and the Volkswagen Touareg, which are all sort of similar uh, SUVs, they all are having problems. The Chevy Camaro, the Equinox, the Malibu, the Traverse, the Cadillac XT4, XT5, XT6, the GMC Acadia, Ford F-150, Ford Explorer, and just today, the Ford Ranger and uh, the Ford uh, Bronco were also added to that list. And these are hot cars that... Ford desperately wants to have an inventory at the dealers because they sell very, very well. Uh, the Mustang, uh, the Lincoln Aviator, the Nautilus, uh, the Jaguar XE, XF, F-Type, uh, Land Rover Discovery, Range Rover Evoque, Jeep Grand Cherokee, Dodge Durango, Mercedes-Benz C-Class, GLC and EQC, uh, Nissan Altima and Leaf, Maximum, Murano, Rogue, Subaru, Ascent, Impreza, Legacy, and Outback. And this was last week, and there's been maybe a dozen more that have been added since I printed this list. And it's it's not getting any better because things aren't going any faster. Um, there was a um, – on 60 Minutes last week, uh, I guess on Sunday, the um, – let's see, where is that? Uh, they – the uh, – they interviewed the maker of the, the largest maker of chips, and you probably haven't heard of it, but it's called TSMC, which stands for uh, Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company Limited, and it's in Taiwan. And of course, if we have any rocky relationship between Taiwan and China, you know this affects everything. <clears throat> um, so, it, you know they expect to catch up to the minimum requirement of customer demand for the auto chips by the end of June, uh, is what the chairman told 60 Minutes. He says, uh, we've supported the past, <clears throat> we've reported the, and as we've reported the last few weeks, automakers around the world are shutting down. Um, so the, uh, uh, the TSMC chairman, his name is Mark Liu, uh, told CBS that there is a major time lag. And, and again, this is the largest manufacturer uh, car chips. Um, the supply chain is long and complex. The supply takes about seven to eight months, is what he said. And of course, he blamed the pandemic as well. Uh, and then, you know, the huge increase in personal electronics uh, canceled orders from automakers, which is a dumb move, but they didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know where things were going to go. <clears throat> so they also talked to uh, Intel. 
And Intel is kind of behind everybody else. There may be a generation behind some of the Asian chip makers. Uh, for example, um, Tesla uh, has their, uh, their their autonomous driving chip that's in their car. It's all really the heart of the, of the computer. They designed it themselves, and then they have Samsung build it. But Samsung is building it at their uh, factory or foundry, whatever you'd like to call it these days, uh, in uh, in Texas. So it's being made in the United States, but you know it 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 too is having problems with shortage because not everything is coming through. So then they, so Intel says that they're going to build another factory in Arizona. They have a gigantic, uh, very impressive factory in Arizona. All very. Uh, you know, each machine that, that's making these chips is like a $5 million machine and they've got, you know, hundreds of them in a row. So they cost billions of dollars to make these things, uh, th- to make these factories. Everything has to be very clean. But to just, I maybe it's just to piss off Intel. I'm not quite sure what it is. The chairman of TS, um, TSMC said that they were going to build their own gigantic factory in Arizona. I mean, this is good for Arizona, I guess. But it, it also diversifies away from Taiwan, just in case there's Chinese uh, friction or whatever you'd like to call it. There, of course, are are uh, plants in China that that make these things as well. Those are some of them were disrupted. We talked about that because of the uh, the Trump administration's you know saber rattling with with China. So these are things are you know are actually major problems. And the reason that you may go to the local dealership and say. I want this Ford Ranger pickup truck. And they'll say, well, we don't have that or that version of it. You may want the nicer upper level trim, but they can't make that one because it's missing chips. They may be able to make the lower tier one because it doesn't have as many chips. The the, the, the manufacturers are trying to prioritize their high value vehicles, obviously, but they can't make a, they can't make a, a, a a digital display if they don't have the right chip for it is really what it comes down to and there's many other parts that are that that are you know in that in that problem tesla was able to avoid some of these problems which is interesting what they said was <clears throat> Uh, this was discussed in their Q1 earnings call just uh, a few days ago. Tesla said, uh, in Q1, we were able to navigate through the global chip supply shortage issues, in part by pivoting extremely quickly to new microcontrollers microcontrollers, while simultaneously developing firmware for new chips made, made by new suppliers. Now, they didn't say who the new suppliers were. Uh, you know, they, they, they could have come from China. They could have come from uh uh, South Korea just they didn't say where they were coming from. The other thing is is that Tesla did not cut its uh, orders during the pandemic. In fact, they were having record deliveries every quarter uh, during the pandemic, which is was was surprising to a lot of people. But you know, Tesla's a small and growing company, so it's not surprising that as their Chinese factory starts to pump out more more units that those are selling quickly and those are being sold in Europe as well. And they're racing, of course, to build uh, plants in in uh, Germany and uh, Austin, Texas. So I guess it's a Brandenburg is where the German factory is. It's, it's a lot of it's a lot of problems right now that uh, that this is causing for everybody in the industry. 
uh, even though, you know, tier one suppliers like uh, Bosch and Continental, they're having problems building the components that, of course, their customers want. So it all trickles down the supply chain to just about anybody that's making anything that's electronic. So if you can't find your car, blame it on the chip, <laughs> blame it on the chip makers. All right. I think that it sort of covers those things. I, I did find a, a nice thing. This is good news. So here's some fun news is that it's been confirmed that Jeremy Clarkson, James May uh, and Richard Hammond are currently filming the next series of the Grand Tour. Uh, this is for Amazon. Of course, Amazon has declined to even talk, comment on it. But the uh, the trio was spotted in was spotted in Warwickshire, uh, according to the fanzine. I didn't even know there was such a thing called a fanzine. Okay, a fanzine dedicated to the show. Clarkson was driving a Citroën CX station wagon, which is sort of a rare unicorn. Hammond was driving a Talbot Matra Morena sports car. And May was driving a Renault Avantime MPV. Now, this sounds like fun to me. I really can't wait to see the new season. They're really always fun, as as they always were when they were uh... We'll be right back. This is Todd Bianco. You're listening to All Rift Up on iHub Radio. Jones Agency. At Jones Agency, we are virtually unstoppable. 24 7, 365. As the leading creative shop in the Inland Empire, it's our role to continue providing the best thinking and strategic leadership, especially during these challenging times. As we all learn to create and adapt to our new normal, at Jones, we're one step ahead providing fully integrated marketing services to you the moment you need them at a cost you can afford. And that's our promise. We are here to help your businesses weather the storm, refocus your dreams, and maybe even eliminate some of the barriers. Call us today for a free assessment, 760-325-1437, extension 206. 760-325-1437, extension 206. Hashtag Stronger Together. From Detroit and beyond, Todd's talking about trucks, cars, vans, SUVs, and even the occasional dune buggy. It's all revved up on iHub Radio. Welcome back. I hope you understood or at least can understand what we were talking about last time about the semiconductor shortage and why this is affecting the supply of cars in just about every brand. Anytime you look for something, you may not be able to find it. 
So wait around. It will come back. It just it's going to take a little bit of time. Um, last week, I talked about the insurance, the Rivian, the, the new electric truck, uh, pickup truck and SUV manufacturer is going to offer uh, its new customers that are buying its uh, new products. Uh, the, the partner has finally been revealed. It's going to be nationwide insurance. It's kind of a, a, odd because uh, State Farm is based in normal, normal Illinois, which is exactly where Rivian manufactures its vehicles. Uh, but it didn't get Rivian's unique data-driven insurance product. Uh, the automaker says that by linking insurance to the vehicle itself, they will be able to diagnose issues more quickly and comprehensively and even remotely. And for those who use Rivian's mid-level autonomous driving tool, uh, they can get discounts on their insurance rates. Uh, customers will be able to insure their home, recreational vehicle, and other vehicles as well. Uh, the insurance will be offered in 40 states initially. Insurance is generally regulated state by state. Uh, the policies are going to be underwritten by third-party carriers, of course. Uh, but uh, Columbus, Ohio-based uh, nationwide is going to be the the primary ca- um, underwriter, according to an NPR affiliate that's been reporting on this issue. Uh, it's un- unclear if there are others that are going to be used, but nationwide is the only one that we know about. What I thought was very, very interesting is that this is something that Tesla is not doing, although they they probably could very easily do it, is that uh, Rivian's going to give you discounts on your insurance based on how long you use their semi-autonomous driving feature. So in other words, when you're in the safest driving mode, the more you drive like that. So let's say you take long trips uh, to get to wherever you're going in your pickup truck or SUV that you bought from Rivian. And the vast majority of your mileage is on the interstate and you're using their uh, their autonomous driving system or semi-autonomous driving system most of that time, uh, you could end up getting some really good discounts on your uh, insurance. So I think it's a very interesting uh, way to price a product. Ford has reportedly decided to use the F-150 Lightning name for its upcoming fully electric F-series models that are due in 2022. Uh, This report came from Car and Driver magazine, uh, but wasn't confirmed by Ford. Uh, The F-150 Lightning name was previously used on a series of high-performance versions of the F-150 issued from, I guess, from 93 to 2004. And use of this very uh, electric label uh, may not be uh, a stretch given the performance benchmarks that we're going to expect from an electric F-150. Ford has priced the 2021 F-150 Raptor. Now, this is a very popular, (laughs) expensive pickup truck that uh, off-roaders just love and and it, and it's uh, I see it on the road here all the time but I am I'm sure they, they take it off-road occasionally I do see them get dirty uh, so they've revealed that uh, uh, it's going to start at sixty five thousand eight hundred and fifty dollars including destination um, the newest Raptor is more capable than ever thanks to a new coil spring rear suspension uh, even more suspension travel of course which means it's better for uh, climbing rocks and uh, going through uh, uneven territory, uh, roads and things. Uh, They has an available 37-inch tires. Uh, And with the new F-150 stiffer platform, it should ride much better. Under the hood, the Raptor will feature the high-output version of Ford's twin-turbo 3.5-liter V6. Uh, Output hasn't been announced yet, but last-generation Raptor was 450 horsepower and 510 pound-feet of torque, so expected to be more than that. Now, the range should be good as well. Even fuel economy may not be that 
great, but it has a 36 gallon fuel tank. So just fill that right up. And, you know, 36 at $4 a gallon, you add that up. It's a lot of money. Uh, and if the plain old Raptor isn't enough, well, Ford has something more coming for you. Uh, it's going to have the Raptor R for the first time. So the Raptor R, we don't know that much about it. We know it's going to be offered. We know it's going to have a V8. Um, but if Ford can't get enough microchips to build the Raptor, it may be in trouble. And it's a very profitable item. Very profitable. Uh, you're listening to Todd Bianco. This is all revved up on iHub Radio, and we will be right back. Todd Bianco, talking cars and trucks on iHub Radio's All Revved Up. Here's Todd. Welcome back. Let's talk about something a little bit different than news right now. I found a nice list from the uh, IIHS, which is the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety and the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration, uh, and talk about the safest luxury cars for 2021. And we'll start off with, I know people are going to hate me if I say it, but there it is, the 2021 Tesla Model 3. Uh, wow. Okay, Tesla's autopilot with full self-driving uh, system it remains a te- technology that's clearly in its early stages, it says. Uh, they're still not denying in the measure, uh, in terms of a measurable cr- uh, crash performance, the American automaker's entry-level Model 3. I love how they call it entry-level. Okay, excels. Uh, it is rated as a 2021 top top safety pick plus uh, from the IIHS and receives the institute's top good score in all six crash worthiness tests. Plus, it aced the uh, the headlight test, so that's how I got the the plus on the top safety pick. Uh, let's see, and it includes uh, rear automatic braking, lane keeping assist. Uh, blind spot monitoring, and rear cross-traffic alert as standard. The next car they list is the 2021 Genesis G70. Now, again, this is a sedan, but uh, uh, they will have uh, uh, SUVs soon, I'm sure, for these lists. But uh, is yet to be uh, rated by the, 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 the G70 is yet to be uh, rated by the NHTSA. Uh, this luxury, luxury compact sedan earned top safety pick plus from the IIHS. Uh, so great for them. They, they aced all of their uh, crash tests and they have uh, adaptive cruise control as standard, lane keeping assist, automatic forward, emergency braking, blind stop blind spot monitoring, rear cross traffic alert, and driver attention monitoring. Seven airbags are also standard. Uh, so that was a top safety pick plus the G70, which is a Genesis entry-level sedan. 
Uh, they also now have the 2021 Acura TLX. Uh, it is also a IIHS top safety pick plus. Five-star ratings across the board on all its crash tests, plus the headlight test was aced. Uh, it includes adaptive cruise, uh, lane-keeping assist, uh, front automatic emergency braking with pedestrian detection, uh, road sign recognition, and driver attention monitoring. Additionally, it includes a novel catcher's mitt airbag uh, for the front passenger. There you go. I don't even know what that would look like. <clears throat> Uh, it probably saves your face a little bit. Is, is probably what it does. The 2021 Volvo S60 sedan, uh, also an, a top safety pick plus. Uh, it aced every crash test. Uh, the wagon fans, you know, you can you can get the V60 cross country, as well as the V60. So the two wagons essentially get the same score. Uh, so it's regardless of body style. Uh, it has all the, uh, the the safety equipment as standard, and they not only detect pedestrian, but they protect, you know, detect cyclists. Okay, that's good for them, too. Um, and there, the pilot assist is their lingo for the higher-end adaptive cruise control. And they also have rain-sensing wipers as standard. I think most of these have rain-sensing wipers as standard, but they mentioned it for Volvo. Uh, the 2021 Lexus IS, again, entry-level sedan. Um it has earned its uh, safety ratings for the last several years. Top pick. It's uh, no surprise that the 2021 model continues that trend. Uh, it's the same platform as before. Uh, and, of course, it uh, managed to get really great la- uh, ratings. Of course, good is the highest you can get for the headlight tests. But uh, uh, the standard LED headlights receive a higher score than the premium triple beam LEDs, which I thought was interesting. So the, the, the lower end trim is, is the top safety pick plus. Interesting. And that's, uh, I think a new one is due, uh, IS, a new IS is coming soon, but it's a it's sort of a low-volume car for Lexus. Uh, the 2021 Audi A4, safety ratings and features. Uh, it also got a, um, let's see, uh, it, oh, it comes with caveats. Here we go. Entry-level premium trim models miss out on account of the plus. They don't get the plus because their headlights aren't uh, up to snuff, I guess. <clears throat> so only the... Um, premium plus trim uh the headlight scores improve to an acceptable level and rises to the top good ranking on the high-end prestige trim so you have to pay extra to get the good lights i guess on audi but regardless of trim uh the uh, a4 uh 2021 a4 gets top safety pick for uh, all of the crash tests which is a good thing five stars across the board uh, the all-road wagon, the A4 all-road wagon, also earns good six good scores from the IIHS. It's not rated as a top safety pick as it hasn't yet been headlight tested. Uh, let's see. Additionally, the NHTSA only has data for the A4 all-road side crash test. So it's got a few things that are missing, and it has all the, the, the top safety, um, it, uh, you know, Driver assist features like forward, forward collision warning and automatic emergency braking uh, on the car. 2021 Lexus ES, and that's the uh, mid-range Lexus, which is basically the uh, Toyota Avalon. Um, impressive scores, it says, for uh, you know, add to the uh, appeal of the Lexus, Lexus ES, which is I think the top-selling sedan that Lexus has. Um, 
Triple uh, beam uh, LED headlights earn a good score. The standard units get the one uh, one step down is acceptable. Uh, so I guess the top one gets the safety pick plus. Uh, is equipped with all of Lexus's safety systems as well. Uh, the 2021 Audi A5, which is uh, the nicer looking, uh, basically A5, is the coupe version of the A4, and, and they have a four-door version called the Sportback. Uh, so it also... Uh, aced its 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 crash tests uh but we have uh, issues with the headlights again so it's only the high-end prestige and and, and uh, premium and premium plus tr- uh, prestige trim that gets the good headlights whereas the good you know premium and premium plus miss out on there because of they only have marginal uh and uh, second highest is acceptable score uh, but it has all the uh, the, the standard uh, safety features as well. Uh, the 2021 Volvo S90, which is the big sedan that Volvo makes, and I'm sure that the the V versions, yeah, the V wagon and the V uh, the V90 cross country also uh, are acceptable, and it gets uh, the top safety pick plus. It has uh, uh, the top the good the top good scores awarded to all six crash. Uh, Tests with the upgraded adaptive uh, curve curve adaptive LED headlights added for 2021, giving every S90 model a uh, plus rating. Uh, the 2021 Audi A6, again the midsize sedan Audi, uh, gets six good scores in the crash test test, along with a good score for the upgraded LED headlights included in the high end prestige trim. Audi makes you pay extra for those. They really should just include them as standard. It can't. You know, I'm sure it costs money, but uh, uh, I'm sure that that's why the savings was there. But a lot of uh, Japanese and, and other mar- and other uh, countries of manufacture, uh, including American, are making these things standard, so it can't cost all that much to uh, to give you the uh, high-end headlights. Uh, then there is the 2021 Audi A7, which of course is an A6 with uh, four doors and a, and, a, and a hatchback instead of a trunk. So it, it all comes together on that. Uh, it gets top safety pick plus status from the IIHS, uh, top uh, good scores in all six crashworthiness uh, fields. Uh, although, again, both uh, LED headlight offerings can only muster an acceptable score. Uh, limited data is available from the NHTSA. Uh, 2021 uh, A7 earns five-star side crash protection score and is unrated in other tests by the NT. NHTSA. Uh, if you want adaptive cruise control, lane, lane keeping assist, and road recognition, that's a little bit extra money. So again, uh, the Germans are making you pay extra. And the last one that they have on their list of, of comfy little sedans, uh, comfy and safe sedans, is the 2021 Genesis G90. Um, despite having no safety information from the NHTSA, uh, 2021 Genesis G90 seems to be a safe bet for its 2021 IIHS Top Safety Pick Plus evaluation. Uh, it earns a top good score in each of the six uh, crashworthiness tests, along with good score for its LED headlights with automatic high beams. So it's available on all trims. I mean, so that there's no various trim levels you have to do to get uh, the good headlights for the G90. So that's a list uh, of that I thought was uh, interesting for uh, people to look at as far as if they're looking for very safe uh, luxury sedans. And most of those are fairly reasonably priced. I mean, starting in the mid-30s and going up to the, the mid-50s or you know low-60s, which for that shouldn't be so bad. Now... 
let's I, I found there's 20 cars that rack up the tickets this i found interesting i don't know exactly how, how they came up with this list but uh, it was an interesting list that i found uh cars with the least tickets as well um what they said is they analyzed this company uh, analyzed uh Online sales information submitted by 323,000 uh, drivers uh, between January 1, 2014 and February 1, 2016. So it's a little bit older, but the number one ticket car was the Lexus ES300. Wow, 33%. Uh, <laughs> had more, more tickets. That's <laughs> kind of weird. Uh, but it was for older models. Uh, so even it was interesting that they came up with that. Uh, another one which... Wouldn't be surprising. A uh, Nissan 350Z, uh, it was also 33% ahead of the average. Uh, the Dodge Charger SE and XXT, which I owned one of those, uh, says while tar- Dodge Chargers have been built for many years, beginning in 1966, uh, the SE was introduced uh, in much later. Uh, it was in 2006. These sedans continue to be manufactured today. That's true. Uh, the Volkswagen Jetta GL, 31% ahead of the average. Uh, I mean, it's been produced for a long time, but I don't know why a Jetta would be on this list, but there it is. Uh, Chevy Monte Carlo. Well, Chevy hasn't made a Monte Carlo for years. Um, last one was introduced. Uh, last one was in 1998, it says. No, I think it was one a little bit later. Uh, but uh, I'm surprised that the Monte Carlo's on this list. Uh, and then the Mazda 3. Not surprising. I mean, that, that 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 you know, these are sort of sporty, fun little cars, but people were racking up the tickets on those. Volkswagen GTI, that again, I'm not surprised about because it's a very popular hatchback. Uh, Dodge Stratus XTX, geez, those are like rental cars. I don't know why they'd be on the list, but there they are, 30% ahead of the of the the pack. And Acura um, 30. I think they've got that wrong, but that's a option rich uh, sedan has been on the road since 1998. Uh, so it's probably the TLX or something like that uh, is a uh, 30% ahead in the Toyota Tacoma pickup truck. Wow. Tacoma 30, 30% reliable truck. It's been around forever. Uh, the, the Tacoma's on the list and uh, let's see who's at the bottom of the list. The bottom of the list with the least tickets, the Buick Encore, oh God, uh, the Lexus IS350, Acura ILS, ILX, I'm sorry, uh, Cadillac ATS, uh, Chevy Express, that's a van, a Cadillac Escalade, wow, that's low, uh, GMC Savannah, Audi A3, BMW 320i, and Land Rover Range Rover. Wow, those are all very low. Uh, you're listening to All Revved Up on iHub Radio. This is Todd Bianco, and we will be right back. Bianco's All Revved Up continues on iHub Radio. Participation encouraged. 
but not required. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Todd. Welcome back. A few weeks ago, Volkswagen's PR department thought it would be really funny to put out a formal press release saying that the company was changing its name to Volkswagen uh, here in the United States. Um, It was not put out on April 1st. Uh, It was put out by their formal uh, you know, PR department as a PR release. Uh, they didn't give, you know, when journalists questioned it, they said, no, this is real. This is not, you know, this is not a, just a something for PR purposes or, or a gag or anything like that. And, you know, it wasn't on April 1st. So none of that was there. Uh, I said it wasn't joking. Um, and it came out just days before April 1st. So it wasn't, you know, it was just at the end of February. Well, well, well. And they even showed details on how they were going to change the badges, you know, different coloring on the badges and all those kinds of things for, you know, to designate between an EV and a gasoline powered Volkswagen in the United States market. Well, the Security Exchange Commission was not amused, apparently, because it uh, caused some, you know, significant fluctuations in VW stock, which is traded here uh, on, I don't remember if the New York or the NASDAQ, but it's um, it's traded here as well as, as, as in Germany. You know, it's a very, you know, very large public company. And uh, they're now being uh, investigated. <laughs> so um, th- the last time a company got hit was Tesla for uh, when Elon Musk said that uh, they were going to take the company private or that he'd secured funding for it. And that really, you know, made the stock shoot up or down. I, I think it went up dramatically. And they, you know, fined Tesla, I don't know, $50 million or whatever it was. But they, you know, they, they um uh, you know, they went after them for that because it did affect the stock. And the same thing might happen to Volkswagen, which, it, well, it really wasn't that funny until they finally admitted it was just, a, you know, a prank. But, you know, <laughs> not so smart. All right. And let's see. There's a, a study out that I think is flawed, but it says that um, this is about uh, drivers of uh, plug-in hybrids and EVs, 20% of these people actually shift back to gasoline. They call it discontinuance. It was a study done by a couple of researchers at UC Davis, and it was in the Journal of Natural Energy that says that, uh, that you know, what it is is it's, it's about uh, just over 20% for plug-in hybrid owners and about 18% for battery electric owners. It's even higher for women than men. Uh, the survey was conducted between 2015 and 2019 and found that owners opted to discontinue EV ownership due to issues of range or charging, particularly the lack of level two home charging. And that's basically much faster, like a 240 volt, uh, like I have my own charger in my garage for my Tesla. It makes it very easy. And when you don't have that, well, you probably didn't think about, you know, didn't really think the whole thing about getting an electric car through, you know, did you really know if you, where you were going to charge the thing or you thought it was going to happen magically? Uh, so if they, they were, you know, they didn't like the fact that they couldn't get level two charging at home. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, access to level two charging, uh, compared to level one, which is just basically your, your regular plug, which is trickle charging. Uh, when I trickle charge the Tesla, um, it's pretty slow. It's like four miles per hour. Now, if your car is plugged in for, I don't know, 10 hours, that's 40 miles. It may be more than you need to top off the battery. So, it, But it's not fast. It's 
pretty slow. And, you know, you really can't expect that to be your daily, you know, can't really rely on that to be your daily way to charge your car. Um, some people do, but uh, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So uh, for access to level two charging from home compared to, to level one, there are 52% lower odds of discontinuing ownership. Well, that makes obvious sense. Uh, there was a study from J.D. Power released in February that pointed to a far higher rate of satisfaction for EV owners who opt for home wall chargers versus just plugging it into like a dryer uh, plug or something to that effect and then and then using that to uh, to connect to the uh, uh, the uh, the, the charge port of your car. Uh, okay, well, again, that makes sense because it, it's so much easier to have the you know the, the actual unit there, and you don't have to worry about plugging in or plugging or, t- or taking something out. Uh, it has to be convenient and fast. Well, again, makes sense. This is why uh, I think Biden is talking about building on you know a huge amount of EV uh, uh, charging infrastructure because that's what we need if we want to have adoption of uh, EVs by people. Uh, for the last several months, the Chevy Bolt uh, has been having, well, it's been fires, you know, it was catching on fire. The batteries were catching on fire, and this was a problem. Uh, so GM had told the Chevy Bolt owners that, uh, that they shouldn't charge uh, their battery over 90%, uh, that it was a fire risk. There even was a big fire just, I think, yesterday or something that, you know, torched somebody's home and they said you know you should park it outside I, I always worry when they say park your car outside and don't charge it to a certain level uh so people have been waiting for a fix for you know quite a while well last week general motors announced a remedy to restore the full functionality of the vehicle of these vehicles uh the remedy involves a trip back to the dealership for a procedure that has the service departments uh utilizing gm that will utilize gm developed diagnostic tools to identify potential battery anomalies Mm. and replace battery modules if necessary. Uh, The visit also involves installing, quote, advanced onboard diagnostic software um, to these vehicles that, among other things, has the ability to detect potential issues related to changes in battery module performance before problems can develop. Problem meaning fire? Okay. GM's remedy does not automatically... Uh, involved the physical replacement of the cells as Hyundai chose to do with its Kono Electric for an issue that sounds eerily similar to those, you know, the, to the one the Bolt is having. I've heard that many Bolt owners have used uh, their state's lemon laws to get GM to take their Bolt back. The laws differ from state to state, though, so not all, all owners have been successful, but some, I guess, owners will be happy with this fix. I don't know. <laughs> I don't feel good about it. And th- these batteries are, are basically a few generations old. That the you know the new GM Ultium batteries that are going to be p- uh, put in their new, you know, like the GMC Hummer and, and, and the Cadillac Lyric, I think are going to be far better than what's in, in this. Uh, Kia has opened factory orders for its new EV6, uh, which is a very sexy. Uh, it's supposed to be a crossover, but it's really just a hatchback. But, they had uh, 33,000 prospects and 7,300 reservations. Um, that's pretty good. We think it's going to start around 45,000. They haven't announced pricing with the 58 kilowatt hour battery pack. Uh, there's a larger one available, 77 kilowatt hours, but our range is going to be closer to uh, 300 miles. I'll be able to get a dual motor, all wheel drive, or single motor, rear wheel drive. Deliveries should begin in the US in the second half of 2021. It's good news. 
Uh, this is Todd Bianco. Next, we're going to be talking Bring a Trailer on All Revved Up on iHub Radio. Join us then. <laughs>